This week's edition of Garbage Time on the 48 Minutes Network is brought to you by the Bearcat Jam. Check out my guy Melvin Levitt, the helicopter former UC great, playing with a bunch of his former UC teammates and and University of Cincinnati players from generation to generation as they try to go into TBT, the basketball tournament. You can vote for these guys by registering on thetournament.com and following the lead. You can even win some money. Ben, you ought to win some money, right? Oh, man, I'm always down to win some money. Yeah, so you can check out some former University of Cincinnati greats such as Melvin Levitt, all-time steals leader in school history, Kashmir Wright, and a whole lot more. Also, be able to sure to check out 48 Minutes, our regular show on the 48 Minutes Network, also on this RSS feed where you can check out all of our great shows. Check out 48MinutesNetwork.com. So that being said, Ben, it's garbage time. Yes, sir. Garbage time is here, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, the king reigns supreme. Tim Daniel here with Ben Brown. Buddy, how are you? Man, I'm doing wonderful, man. Uh, I, I'm excited to talk about this Game 7. I mean, it was, it, man, it was just, just a lot of good stuff, I tell you what. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, it, was, it was something, you know? It was. I don't it know was. if there's a lot of good stuff, but there's not a lot of bad stuff. Actually, there's a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of bad, <laughs> a lot of bad basketball. But uh, a winner, I guess, had to come out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And when you got the best player, in, you know, you got the best player in the world. I mean, you know, usually that's going to bode well in your favor. Yeah, so. absolutely. Especially in a game where both teams cannot hit shots for the life of them. Um, so, man, I was. Um, I was very scared after the first quarter. I'm not going to lie to you. And then it was about, let's see, the Celtics took a 12-point lead, I think, through the middle of the second after Marcus Mm -hmm. Morris made some shots. And I went, oh, this isn't good. Like, George Hill is guarding Al Horford on the block. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is bad. No, 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 no. We can't have this. I'm not ready for this. It's like, if LeBron's going to go out, if this is the end of LeBron James in Cleveland, it can't be because George Hill is guarding Al Horford on the block. <laughs> that cannot be the reason. <laughs> Absolutely, there's a <laughs> there was a time where you know we were sitting there, we're texting each other, and I'm like, "This is the worst, interesting, <laughs> ugly, weird basketball game I think I've ever seen." Like it was just so. I mean, when when Boston made that run. I mean, they were up twelve, and you're like, "Oh man, this is gonna get this is gonna get ugly quick." You know, the momentum's going, you know, and and then it it, it comes back back to Boston falling in love with a three and not being able to hit any shots. And then you know, uh, Jeff Green I think hit a three, Jr. hit a three in a corner, uh, LeBron I think drives and makes a basket. And then it, it's cut the you know they go on a little run, and they're within two, and 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 it was within four at, at half. And you're like this game shouldn't even be close. I mean, one, you know, the the Cavaliers didn't shoot the ball well at all. No, and you know, I mean, the whole game, but especially the first half. Um, you know, you're relying on uh, Jeff Green, who, I mean, I was, I, I gotta give him props, man. I mean, he, he game. gives you gives you nineteen points and eight rebounds. He shot fifty percent from the field. He was two of nine from three, but I think that was the par for the course of everybody in this game. Um, but 
I mean, you look at him, I mean, he, he gives you uh, that spark uh, there. I mean, it's it was just a weird, awkward, and it, it was really where at, towards the end you could see, you know, the Celtics, uh, their youth kind of prevail. They started to fall in love with that three-point ball, and, and, and they stopped falling, so. Yeah, and, you know, um, well, first off, I mean, props to the Boston Celtics on just an unbelievable run. I mean, mm-hmm. a team that shouldn't have been there without their two best players. You know, I picked them to lose against Milwaukee, and they won that series. I picked them to lose against Philadelphia, and they won that series. I picked them to lose this series in five. They took it to seven. And so not only that, they had a 2-0 lead. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they were untouchable in the garden until tonight. And, you know, it's just something about LeBron with his back against the wall in the garden, isn't there? It's just something about it. I mean, when we, I mean, when we were talking about this, I mean, there's something about LeBron just being LeBron. I mean, you knew when it was going to come down to Game Seven. Um, him and him in the Garden, the spotlight. There's just certain guys. I mean, and, and you know, like I said, I'm a Michael Jordan era guy, but Le, for all the talk about him not being clutch. Him not being a big time player, him delegating to his teammates, and all this other nonsense, man. Everybody wants to kind of throw up in his face. The bottom line to all that is, is that that guy is going to eight in a row finals, which means he's won eight consecutive Eastern Conference finals. I, I, I mean,. Something has to be said for knowing what he's going to do in big time games, game sevens. I mean, third, what he, what was he? Thirty. He was thirty-five. He was an assist 40, away from a triple double. Yeah, third. He was thirty-five, fifteen, and nine with two blocks. I mean, come on, with two blocks. One block is going to go on his block next tape. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So I mean, for him. I mean, it's kind of it's becoming almost commonplace because even when we were talking about it before, we were like, okay, LeBron's good for his forty ten and ten. You just got to get something from somebody else. So, I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. Played all forty eight minutes, didn't come off the floor. I mean, he he was just he was just LeBron, man. I mean, and the Boston Celtics, you know, big props to them. I mean, undefeated in the postseason until tonight. Um, their young guns had played so out of their mind, man. I mean, the scary Terry stuff in the previous series, Jalen Brown was usually solid. Uh, you know, Al Horford, who I've said on, on this podcast before, who I think is is the guy for them who gets them rolling. Um, but it's becoming, you know, Jason Tatum, who, I mean, even tonight, Jason Tatum, I mean, he had the, the big-time dunk on LeBron, which – in my history, I don't think LeBron's ever really been dunked on like that. Like, no. like where he goes up the block. And, uh, well, Jordan Crawford, but Nike made sure we never saw that. Yeah, Jordan, yeah, I was going to say, we, we ne- that never saw the light of day. So, <laughs> um, But, I mean, he comes down, he gets the block, turns around, hits a three, and then you're like, oh, man, they're starting to roll a little bit. But then, you know, LeBron comes down, hits a – I think he came down that next possession – uh, hit a shot, and then I think somebody else hit a three, and then you're they're right back, you know, Boston's right back down four. You can hear that. You can just feel the air kind of 
sink out of that building after that. Even after the dunk in the three, um, I think they mentioned on ESPN, I don't think Tatum touched the ball the rest of the game. So he's your hottest player, by far your best player. And I want to say Marcus Smart, I believe, took a shot or two. Rogier took a shot or two. Jalen Brown, I think, took a shot. Um, Morris missed a three. Horford missed a, uh, a one in the lane where I think he thought he got fouled. But everybody else took shots leading down that fourth quarter except the guy who should have been taking shots, which was Jason Tatum. So I'm just cracking up because I'm looking through tweets as we talk because, you know, I just, I'm taking it all in because I love this every year. I love this LeBron after the Eastern Conference before the NBA Finals, like all the social media reaction. And Steve mm-hmm. Brabant, who is a very funny NBA follow for those who don't know him, he's also digital video director for ESPN, tweeted, this is the first time in NBA history where a team has reached the finals after a player threw soup at a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, JR. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that's a true statement. I, I, I still, I mean, I still got a marble and, and watching that game, and Mark Jackson, you know, he he was saying that this might be LeBron's greatest basketball feat. Oh, it is now. Now I wouldn't have said that in public because it kind of is. It's kind of a negative towards his other teammates, but but uh, I mean, if you're looking at it, I mean, we talked about that 2009 Cavaliers team that made the finals, and but that was 07. I, or 07. I mean, they were. That was not a very good team. But you look at this team, and it's like, I mean, LeBron had to do so much. I mean, how much more does he have in the tank? I mean, uh, I mean, it, I mean, he literally carried them. And I sent out, you know, I sent out a tweet just kind of jokingly. I'm like, man, LeBron should have shooed the rest of those guys to the locker room and just accepted the trophy himself, saved, saved the speech, and then just met them all in the locker room. Because, I mean, he did so much. I mean, carrying that team for, I mean, for throughout the playoffs, but especially through this series, what he's done is amazing. So my favorite thing is, uh, my favorite play of the game is obviously the block on Rozier, which I know a lot of people mm. are so fine to way to say he fouled him because that's what LeBron haters do. And we're, mm-hmm. God, if we had that, we could do a series on get the hell over hating LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down for that this summer. We're going to have a lot of free time. But, oh, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> um, I'm ready. So he totally had, like, the way I text Alex and Sean about it, who, if you listen to 48 Minutes on this, also in this RSS feed, you know that's our other show. Um, LeBron had that block, was like, you know that scene, like, at the end of Monday Night Raw, right before the pay-per-view, where the heel gets the victory and the baby face walks on the stage and they just had that stare down where one's in the ring and the other's at top? Mm-hmm. That that was that. That was, the, that was LeBron having his heel moment in Boston where he was like, I've got you right where I want you. And oh, yeah. It was awesome. That was like the that was the CM Punk winning the title and mm-hmm. walking out of Chicago. That, <laughs> that's, that was, yeah. That was, like, LeBron was Brock Lesnar, to put it in wrestling terms tonight. Mm-hmm. Where you could, oh, yeah. You could throw everything you wanted at him, but he was still going over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the best part of, about that block is that he blocks that shot and doesn't even run back nope. down to the court. He just stands. He had to rest, bro. 94, 94 feet away. He's just standing there like, man, this is this is what I live for. Like, this is my moment. And it does have that feel to it. It's, it is, it, it, it's that, 
I am going to dominate you feel. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what kind of defense you throw at me. It doesn't matter if you boo me, you cheer me, you chant at me. It does not matter what you do. I am LeBron James. I'm the greatest basketball player in the world. And no matter what you do, we're going to win this basketball game. And I think that that block shot, I'm not saying that it, that it shook Terry. Oh, yeah, I am saying it. I think it most that definitely shook did. Shook Terry. It, that, that shook his confidence for the rest of the game. Because that, if you remember, that was a three-on-one break, and LeBron was kind of coasting. Like, he's like looking like, oh, he's not going to go. And then he kind of put it in high gear, like, oh, he's really going to try to dump this. He knew. I mean, yeah, so then he goes up and meets him, and I'm like, and granted, Rozier's a young player. You know, he'd have been, it would have been a lot easier for him to pump fake and go right to Horford, who was running right down the middle of the lane. Wide. But even Horford kind of looked like, oh, man, like, um, this is not going to be good. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But, but uh, you know, like like we talked about before, Rozier's a young guy. He's trying to make a name for himself. He's got the scary Terry shirts. And he wanted to challenge the king, and the king was like, "Dude, this is this is what I do. This is where I'm at." What's um, the saying? If you come at the king, you best not miss. Yeah, you best not miss. You know what I mean? And and after that, that was kind of downhill from there for him. He was he was shook the rest of the game. The one I was really disappointed in was was, was Jalen Brown though. Like usually, Jalen Brown is so solid. He's been so solid, and and tonight he just. He did not look like himself at all. And I was kind of shocked towards the end of the game that they subbed him out and put Rozier in. But, you know, but he wasn't playing very well either. But Rozier's decision-making in those final two minutes was off. I think he I think he took a three, which, I mean, he was open for. He took a three. It bricked. Then he came down the next possession, like tried to do like this weird dribble drive and then took a step-back three in the corner. And miss that, like his his decision making was really really bad at the end of the game. So um, that's where those those guys not having a veteran on the floor like a Kyrie Irving, um, somebody who can kind of take control of a game um, and not put those kind of moments on a Terry Rozier. That's where where you miss that kind of edge. Okay, let me ask you this as a coach. You, I mean, obviously you coach football. I know, mm-hmm. but you mean. So talking about Kyrie Irving and obviously not being on the court obviously is one thing, mm-hmm. but in a game seven winner take all, your team is at home. Why the fuck is he not on the bench? I wondered that, and and they brought that up. Um, I, I, I can't. You can't even make an excuse for it. He's got to be there. Yeah, he has to you're, be there. I mean, you're the you're the franchise. I mean. That guy is such a he's such a great basketball mind that even if he can't play, he can he could be mentoring Rogier. He could be showing those guys where they need to where to be. And on top of that, you played for this team last year. So you know how they're trying to set things up, where they want to be, how they're doing this, that. You've been you've been in the huddle with LeBron. You know what his mindset is, so he should be—he should have been on that bench, just talking to those guys, giving those guys confidence. Um, and it's just not a good look. I mean, you see Gordon Hayward down there, you see the other injured guys down there, and Shane Larkin—he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, Shane Larkin, 
I mean, but you see all these guys down there, and, and there's no Kyrie. So um, no excuse for it. He has to be there. Game seven, biggest, biggest game um, in Boston history in the last, what, 10 years, I would say. Um, he has to be there. Has to be there. Yeah, probably since game seven they lost to the Lakers in yeah. 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's he has to be there. He has to be um, on the bench, rooting his guys, cheering his guys, giving them the biggest thing is giving them guidance. I mean, because they're young, they're puppies, man. They don't they don't know what this moment is like when you're when you're facing down the king in a game seven. They don't they don't you know the only one that didn't show any fear was Tatum, but the other other two kind of crumpled a little bit. So. It would have been nice to have a Kyrie there um, in Rozier's ear or in Brown's ear or even in Tatum's ear, talking to him, giving him positive feedback and encouragement and showing them, hey, this is what you're going to be looking at. This is what LeBron's looking at. This, these are the sets, blah, blah, blah. And kind of talking them through this moment because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people think it's nice to swim with sharks until you're in the cage with one. And that's what you are. You're in, you're in a cage with a shark when you're playing LeBron James, you know. So it would have been nice for Kyrie to be there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So we're going to go back in time here for a minute before we talk about the Western Conference. Um, do you know what the number one song in America was the last time that LeBron James was not in the NBA Finals? Oh, well, um, that would have been... 2010. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a good question. Well, something by Beyonce. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, my friend, it was Not Afraid by Eminem. Oh, wow. Yeah. The number one movie in America? Toy Story 3. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um,. The first baseman of the Atlanta Braves was not Freddie Freeman. It was was Troy Gloss. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about nearly a decade of this, man. Man, that's so impressive, man. I I don't think that, I don't think people really understand. I mean, and I know people from the 60s and 70s, oh, Boston Celtics played, but oh, yeah. I get it. There were literally four teams in the league back then. Um, you know, and, and I know the Bulls had their run of, of you know, three P, you know, Pippen era, three P, you know, but for a, for a team or for a person to make a finals of anything eight straight times at the highest level of basketball is I mean, it's just phenomenal what he's been able to do. I mean, 15 years in the league, and I and this is what I'm thinking about. So when LeBron gets that rebound and he's on a breakaway, and poor Marcus Morris, I mean, he's trying his best. <laughs> I mean, he's just backpedaling and trying to figure out angles, and LeBron is just a freight train. And you literally watch Marcus Morris, almost horse collar, football term, horse collar, LeBron grab him two hands and try to pull him down, <laughs> like pull him down so he can't get to the basket. And this guy is still going up and flips the ball, and it was going to go in. 
mean, Jalen Brown got the goal today, but it was still going in anyway. And was able to flip the ball towards the goal. I mean, this guy's in his 15th year. He's played 82 regular season games, all the playoffs, and played every single minute tonight. I mean, at at his age, 30, what's he, 35, 33, something like that? At 33, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. And we were, and I'm I'm sitting there, I'm texting. I'm like, dude, he's gonna play for another 10 years. That's not even, <laughs> it's not even a question. I mean, it. He's got. I mean, did you see how high he got on the block? Yeah. I mean, 15 years in the league, town. All those minutes, all those all those minutes long, and this guy met a. Terry Rozier, who's probably, what, 20, 21 years old, met him at the peak of his jump, elbow above rim, and blocks his shot? I mean, come on, man. Like, like it's just, it's not fair. He's not real. I, I am convinced if somebody poured water on LeBron, he'd start, like, like, he's not real. He's a cyborg. I'm telling you. He is 100%. Like, he is, um... Yeah, he is he is a Terminator. Like he is flat out like, like I joke all the time. He is Thanos. All yes. The, all you Avenger people, like if he yes. closes his fist, it is over in the Eastern Conference. It's over. Yeah. It's over. I mean, but it, that that's the impressive part, man. I mean, it, to take that team, um, and I, like I said, I don't I mean they're all professional athletes. I don't mean to to downgrade, you know, Jeff Green, J.R. Smith. You know, I don't mean to downgrade those guys, but but I mean to have your one all star, you know, gone from concussion, and you and here you are, you're looking on the floor with Jeff Green, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, you know, you've got guys on the floor that have not even sniffed this kind of basketball, and here you are playing every minute in your 15th year after you've played every game in the regular season, every game in the playoffs, and you're still not really ready to relinquish your crown. And that's the kind of cool part about it. Like he, he steps into the arena every time and everybody knows what he can do. Everybody knows where he can, what he, what kind of powers he possesses. And it still doesn't matter. And Boston had won every game in the playoff in their home arena. And he walked in there and kicked the door down and went to his eighth straight Eastern Conference final. Yeah. Simply amazing. Yeah, actually, it's so funny you're saying that because I just came across Brad Stevens in his press conference. And this is what he had to say. And it was it's so funny because he said, of course, I lose it. My phone does that thing where it shoots up the timeline real quick. I had a really good build oh, up yeah. to that, didn't I? You know? <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, yeah. It says, our goal was to make him exert as much energy as humanly possible. He still scores. It's a joke. And then shout out to the Mamba. Look at the Mamba giving some giving some LeBron love, calling him Lebranium One. Shout out okay. to the, the Mamba coming up with some nicknames. I like it. And then he goes on to tweet, guys. This is Kobe Bryant we're talking about here, saying we can enjoy one without tearing down one. I love what he's doing. Don't debate what can't be definitively won by anyone. Hashtag enjoy my five. Hashtag enjoy MJ6. Hashtag enjoy LBJ Quest. See, you know, 
I think Kobe and I, we could have a glass of wine and talk hoops, and we could get along. Mm-hmm. And it's things like that. They're like, you know what, Kobe? I'm with you. I feel you. You're my guy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I just favorited it, that tweet, um, and I'm retweeting it. Yeah. Um, I, I think Here in Garbage Time, we can do a podcast and tweet at the same time. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that, I think that, of course, people who are going to hate are always going to hate anyway. Um, but I, I, you have to enjoy greatness. Yep. I mean, like, just enjoy it. Like, I don't care if you, you can compare him to Michael Jordan. You can compare him to Dr. J. You can compare him to Larry Bird. You can, like, that's fine. But you're never going to know because they're never going to play against each other. Just enjoy the greatness of LeBron. And I think that's a great tweet by Kobe. Like, like you know, just enjoy the quest, man. Enjoy what you're getting to watch. I mean, and like I said, people who are going to hate are going to hate anyway. But you, if you can't enjoy this dude and what he's doing for the game of basketball and how he plays the game and how he sees the floor – and how he hits big shot after big shot after big shot and carries teams, then that's your fault. I mean, you're going to go through the rest of his era and not enjoy what he's been able to do for this game. So, you know, that's kind of that's kind of on you. I'm, I'm, I myself choose to enjoy LeBron to see what he can do and what he's going to accomplish next, where he's going to go and how long he can do it. So... Uh, big ups to the Mamba for giving props um, um, and respect to LeBron, um, but I, I I I tend to agree. You just gotta enjoy them for what they are, man. Yeah, I totally agree. So Ben, I am falling out of love with James Harden, and I'm gonna tell you why uh, after yeah. this word from our sponsor. <laughs> so hold on, yeah, I was gonna say I, absolutely. You you didn't let me do my Mike Greenberg tease. I did get my Mike Greenberg tease. You're Mike Greenberg tease. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, as a guy who enjoys basketball like me, and you know you like all aspects of the game, NBA, high school, college, don't you like seeing guys from the past play basketball again? Absolutely. I sure do. Yeah. Well, what if you got to see some people from your hometown play in a big-time tournament for a chance to win some cash? Oh, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it be what awesome? What well, I'm here to tell you guys about the tournament, TBT, the basketball tournament where Bearcat Jam, some University of Cincinnati alumni, some names such as Octavius Ellis, Deontay Vaughn, and Kashmir Wright are going to be teaming up to play some teams out there. Uh, Aaron Kraft is going to be playing in this for the Big Ten team that has a combo of Ohio State and Michigan, that Evan Turner is going to be coaching and Scooney Penn is coaching. Uh, we're going to have Bayheim's Army, some classic some classic Syracuse guys in this. No one really likes Syracuse. I'm just trying to throw this out there. And right. yeah, and of course we've gonna we're gonna have some Iowa State teams. We can see Royce White play again, which is an awesome story. How do we make this happen to get the Bearcat Jam to play against these guys? We got to go to the tournament.com, register and vote for the Bearcat Jam to play in the Midwest to get a chance to play in Columbus in July to hopefully win some money. And you, as a fan, can win some cash. So Ben. What's better than watching basketball and making money? Man, there's absolutely nothing better than that. 
Absolutely nothing. So yes, please go to thetournament.com, register your name, and vote for the Bearcat Jam so we can see one of our hometown teams actually try to win a championship unlike anything else in Cincinnati. (laughs) So true. (laughs) All right. So... So, so last night I'm watching the Western Conference Game Six, and I, I, I kind of like I'm not gonna lie to you, as I talked to you about I think on a previous episode, I have been in the middle of a marathon of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Anytime I have some free time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I look at my phone real quick to see what the score is. So I'm like, I'll tune in later, you know, and I see, oh wow, the Rockets are up 17 points. I was like, man, I gotta see this. I gotta see if this can happen. No, no. No. Mm-mm. No, it, it didn't happen at all. <laughs> it did. As a matter of fact, the opposite of it happened. And I'm going to blame the Rockets in general for sure. Don't be wrong. But, man, the last two games, that's including game six, where if the Rockets don't have Chris Paul on the floor, they don't win. And then, obviously, last night you saw how much having Chris Paul meant. I think Chris Paul won James Harden MVP this year. I... I think James Harden is a very talented person. He's the best ISO player in the NBA. I think Kyrie Irving is a very close second, honestly. But that's not to, that's not what I'm here about. Um, but like in these games, when everything is on his shoulders, I don't know if he's built for it. Ooh, hot take coming. Watch yourselves. Ooh, we. How how um, is it you can say that you are the best player in the league for a season, and in a game where it's winner take all, you have a 17 point lead, and you can't get the job done. I don't care if you're playing Golden State. I don't care if you're playing the 96 Bulls. If you're up that much, you finish the job. You don't shoot 10 of 24. You don't shoot 4 of 12 from 3. You don't have a minus 19. You don't let Sean Livingston blow by you. You don't give up easy plays. You don't play one side of the ball when everything's on the line. James Harden, without Chris Paul. Okay, I'm going to backtrack here for a second. I'm going to say it this way. James Harden needs Chris Paul. A shit ton more than Chris Paul needs James Harden. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, I know we've talked about this before about the MVP, um, and I know that that the Eastern Conference is a little bit softer than the Western Conference. I know, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if if you are the MVP or presumable MVP of the league. Um, You've got the defending world champions down seventeen. Um, you got to close that out. You got to close that out. Um, I would I would tend to agree with that. I believe Chris Paul has made James Harden a lot better basketball player, um, just for the simple fact that I think that he's a guy that can get his own shot off the drive, um, and I think he takes a lot of the pressure. Because I honestly think that Chris Paul um, enjoys those moments more, I guess, if that's a way of putting it. Um, you know, when when we're sitting there watching, you know, game, game five, I mean, and Chris Paul has taken every single one of those last shots, and James Harden is missing every single one of those last shots. Um, Chris Paul kind of kind of got them, you know, where they were. Um James Harden kind of floated away. Now, um, granted, with him not being on the floor, with Chris Paul not being on the floor, it makes a world of difference for James Harden. Um, And you can definitely tell that, of course, by game six. 
but the big thing about Game Six in the Western Conference was they just couldn't stop the run. I mean, and, and you know, Clay Thompson stopped being China Clay and actually showed up and, and hit some big shots. So, you know, the Splash Brothers were actually the Splash Brothers, um, and that's that makes a world of difference. Um, not having Chris Paul to be able to counteract some of that stuff. Uh, but James Harden had his opportunity with the, being up 17. Um, you've got to be able to close that out, especially if you're the MVP um, and you're saying that you're a better player than LeBron James or the world is saying you're a better player than LeBron James. Um, so I, I tend to agree with you. I think Chris Paul um, has won Harden that MVP. Um, I do think that uh, he has to have has to have Chris Paul on the floor game seven or uh, it doesn't matter where they're playing. They could be playing in James Harden's backyard. Golden State will win game seven. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we're heading down, unfortunately, to Golden State, Cleveland four. Um, I just, without Chris Paul, and right now the reports are that it's highly unlikely he's going to play. Um, as much as I love P.J. Tucker and Trevor Reza and the job they've done this year, um, that's not going to be enough here. I mean, they need Eric Gordon to shoot like 12 or 13. That's yeah. what they're going to do without Chris Paul out there. Clint Capella cannot have another two-point game. I know he had 15 boards, but, mm-hmm. I mean, that those 15 boards look more like stat padding than important boards. So, yep. you know, that's impor- That's a huge deal for them. I, uh, I just – I'm bummed, man, because as happy as I am that LeBron's going to play in his eighth straight finals – I wanted to see. I want to see Chris Paul play in his first so bad. I yeah. I love the point God. I mean, New Orleans New Orleans Hornets. Chris Paul is one of my favorite players ever. Alex and I talked about this actually, where Alex said that he thought that New Orleans Chris Paul was his favorite Chris Paul of all time, but this one is slowly taking its place. And Game Six, the effort he put out there, the shots he was making, everything he did to win that game, was flat out amazing. And it's a shame to see. They couldn't play because once again another warrior took out someone's leg. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Chris Paul, I mean, he's by far one of my favorite players. I think that he's just gritty and tough. But if you've never pulled a hamstring, or if you've never had a hamstring injury, uh, by far one of the worst things I've ever had happen. And and I was a younger guy when it happened, and I definitely wasn't playing in the NBA, um, trying to chase down Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and 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 trying to make baskets and run a run an NBA team. So, um, I I would I would probably think he's going to try to go, just because his pride won't you know his pride won't let him sit there, um, but he won't be nearly as effective as he would have been at full strength. Um, and I do hate that for Chris Paul because I think this um, – I would love to see him in an NBA final just because I think that, uh, you know, I'm a legacy guy. Like Just like we talked about James Harden needing that MVP for his legacy, um, I think Chris Paul um, – to get to a final for Chris Paul and have a good shot to win it um, would do wonders for his legacy, even though, I mean, he's already going to go down as a Hall of Famer. But sometimes you just need those things uh, to to be a part of who they are as a player. So 
I do hate that. Um, I know it's unfortunate for you, Tim, because you uh, despise the Golden State Warriors. I do? What? Um, <laughs> but um, I, I think it'll be tough for them to win with Chris Paul. But like I said, anything can happen. Uh, Chris Paul could try it and, and see how it goes. I mean, uh, modern medicine, NBA medicine, um, I mean, he could he could get out there and be okay. Um, but I think it's all, honestly, I think it's all based on what Clay Thompson does. Um, if Clay Thompson is not China Clay, you know, where he's missing shots and, and, and you know, doing silly stuff and, you know, if he gives them over 25 points, then I don't, it doesn't matter if Chris Paul plays or not. Golden State wins in seven. I don't think so. Even though I did pick the Rockets to win in seven. I I, I picked the Rockets to win in seven. Um, but Chris Paul not being healthy, man, that, that really hurts their chances. Yeah. I mean... This is what happens when I talk shit about NBA players, though. It's like, I'll just rip them to shreds, and then they'll go out and they'll respond. They'll be like, you know what, Tim Daniel? You're right. <laughs> and then James Harden's going to go drop, like, 64 points. He's not going to drop 64 points. Um, uh, yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah. It's, you know, it's how... It's that whole thing that's been coming out that we've been hearing since the offseason, that this team was, quote-unquote, built to beat the Warriors. Well, now... Mm-hmm. It is put up or shut up. It is if it is. We're going to see how built exactly they are to beat the Warriors. Um, all mm-hmm. these guys they got in for to be these long defenders, you know, these Gerald Greens and these PJ Tuckers, these Trevor Rezas, these Luke and Bob Mutes. You know, those guys are going to have to really. They're going to have to play everything they got. Um, you know, Golden State. You just know they're going to go and run at some point. Is what they do. Mm-hmm. So it's how do you tame that run? You know, Kevin Durant has looked like he can make and miss whatever shots he wants in this series. Um, it's, you know, and if, if at this point, I almost would, like, prefer that the Rockets just kind of try to hold on to Stephen Clay and let Kevin Durant do Kevin Durant things. Because you right. just, you're not going to be able to stop him. You're not going to be able to contain him. Um, but if you can make sure that those other two, anytime they have a shot, that there's someone's in their face, you very well, right. you might be able to pull this off. Um, so... I am right now still leaning on the Warriors. I think that, you know, like you said, without Chris Paul, it's just too much. Now, if Chris Paul decides to make the amazing, like, John Cena 2008 Royal Rumble, where he's entrant number 30 after, like, tearing his arm out of the socket and (laughs) walks in the court in full uni and is in the layup line, oh, boy, am I ready for that. So that's two wrestling references I had on this show tonight, by the way. It is. Yeah. It is absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't think that Chris Paul is going to sit out if he can, if he can give you, if he can give you seventy percent, he's going to play. Um, if he sits out, then he must. If he's sitting out, then it's it's worse than what we could have ever imagined. Um, then he didn't have a shot at playing in Game Seven, regardless. Um, you know, I I think that. The good thing about the Rockets is that they they are known usually as a pretty good defensive team, being long and athletic. I think that helps them. Um, I think you know if you're throwing different looks at Steph Curry, who I mean he he's kind of been hit or miss anyway. Um, if you if you're throwing different looks at him and being physical with him, 
Um, and you can't let them, like we said, you can't let them get on a third quarter run. I mean, that's kind of where it's been. That third quarter has been so crucial because third quarter seems to be the Steph, Curry, Steph quarter. And if Steph is hidden in the, in the third quarter, then they go on their run. But, you know, those times they that they didn't win when Houston won, Steph was off in the third quarter and didn't play very well. Kevin Durant is going to be Kevin Durant. I mean, you're not going to stop. You know, he's going to give you what he gives you. Um, but Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, if you can, if you can get them guys off in the third quarter, um, Houston will have a shot. Hopefully, they throw a lot of bodies at them, a lot of long people at them. Um, don't give them any open looks. You almost want to force them to drive the ball into your long guys um, and make them make them pop and stop shooters, make them goal drivers, make them try to get to the basket. Just don't give them any threes. And you got to knock them down. I mean, those guys need to hit the deck a couple times. It's kind of got to get a little old school, a little grimy, and make them guys really work uh, to get shots. Pull some jerseys, you know. I mean, it's you really got to make them work to get shots and play some grimy defense. Um, and I think that Houston could pull it out. I just think it'll be very tough if Chris Paul doesn't play. Yeah. But I'm sticking with it. Rockets in seven. I'm sticking with it. I'm with you, man. I mean, I'm, I appreciate is what I mean to say here because I, obviously I think the Warriors will win, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I appreciate, Ben, that you and Alex have been captain and co-captain of this ship. Um, if this were the Pirates of the Caribbean, you guys could make a franchise. Uh, standing by your Rockets picks I respect it, I love it I want to see it happen so badly, I will be tuned in tomorrow night for sure absolutely alright, so I got one last question before we get out of here yes sir would you rather have a team of George Hill, J.R. Smith LeBron James, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson okay or a team of Eric Snow, Booby Gibson, LeBron James, Drew Gooden, and Zadrunas Ilgalskis. Ah, <laughs> uh, Booby. <laughs> Booby Gibson. Somebody made a Booby Gibson reference tonight. Like, like really? What do you sit behind the bench in one of those games or something? Yeah, man, like, he's um he like the Cavs brought him back for every home game in the Celtics series, I think. Or the Raptors series, one of the two. Booby Gibson, um, gosh, yeah, I've got to go with with uh, with the 2018 version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got to go with that. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, love Booby Gibson, <laughs> love Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say that. Do you can't remember? Say do you remember when we did dropping balls and we would like go through all these draft classes? We could just pick out how many guys played with LeBron James. I think like in the ten or twelve oh, yeah. classes we did, I think we found thirty guys. Oh yeah, easily, easily. Yeah, it was. Uh, there, there was a lot of guys that played with LeBron. One oh. named Booby Gibson. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting for like Vin Baker and Kevin Willis to be like, we play with LeBron. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, there was a lot of guys on that that, that had played with LeBron. Um, but yeah, that I forgot, man. Drew Gooden, Elgoskis. Who was their man. bench? Was it. Um... Oh, Lord. I'm looking this up, man, because this is going to eat at me now. 
Yeah. Uh, was Delonte West on the bench? Uh, hold on. I got it up. So let's see when, So Shannon Brown. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Booby Gibson was on the bench. Forgive me. I forgot about Larry Hughes. How Jason Tatum met LeBron James, by the way. Daniel oh, Gibson was playing. Was a starting point guard. And Eric Snow and David Wesley were the backup guards. David Wesley. There you go. Yeah. Damon Jones, who is now a Cavs coach. He is. Danielle Marshall. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Ira Newble. Oh, my lord. And shout, shout out to my guy, Sasha Pavlovich. Pavlovich, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that team was awful. They won 50 games. Wow. They won 50 games with Danny Ferry putting their roster together. Oh, my gosh. And Mike Brown is their coach. And Mike Brown was the coach. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I got oh, to see these guys. Per, like, So, Larry Hughes was the second leading scorer at 14. No, actually, Z was the second leading scorer at 15.6. Wow. Z was putting up double-doubles. Anderson Verjo yeah, put up double doubles off the bench. Yeah, I can't take anything away from Ogaskis, man. I, I he was a solid pro player. I, sure. I liked Ogaskis. He was a good center. He was, man. He was awesome. He's, oh, Anderson Verjo. Yeah. Wow. And then Larry Hughes and Drew Gooden were rounding him, were rounding it out. The guy who played the most games for that team that year was Eric Snow. Played all eighty two. Did he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. At all right. At thirty three. Sounds like another Cleveland Cavalier player. Sure does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, highly comparable to Eric Snow <laughs> to LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're the same player basically. I mean, I I think of them two in tandem, like yeah, one peanut just, butter and jelly. One had Dwayne Wade, one had you know Allen Iverson. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah, what's the big deal? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> and on that note, we go wrap up this week's edition of Garbage Time from the 48 Minutes Network and 48MinutesNetwork.com. Like we said, check out 48 Minutes every week, and this week it's NBA Finals time, so we're hoping to be talking about a Rockets-Cavs series this week, not a Warriors-Cavs series yet again. Because Go Rockets. Yeah, I mean, because that means in like four years we're going to have a box set of like this, this blue, <laughs> on Blu-ray of these finals. It's the saddest box set ever. It will be. So it's gonna be like, oh yeah, God, they got God. I'm just gonna keep the show going right now, aren't I? So <laughs> you just you just buy no, you just buy the 2013 part of the box that throw the rest of it away. I mean, yeah, because it's, it's like you got 15 where it's like they had a chance and then they lost their second man, and yeah. then 16 when you're like they were down facing against all odds and then a suspension changed it all, and then you got 17, you're like a man came on because. He just didn't want to play for another team, and he became the the guy that lopsided the NBA. You're like, right. you know, so it's like, eh, you know, whatever. All right. So, <laughs> with that being said, everyone have a great Memorial Day. Hope you're enjoying pool time and you're not getting stormy weather, and you can chill out, max, and relax all cool. That's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reference for all you people. I told you I've been watching it a lot lately. <laughs> On behalf of Ben Brown, thank you all for tuning into Garbage Time, thetournament.com. Bearcat Jam. Get your votes in. We need this to happen, baby. Have a good one. Good night, everybody.